And welcome to another episode of Talk Gopher Buckets. I'm Luke Buer. Hey, this is Ryan James with another episode of Talk Gopher Buckets. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I think the thing we, we failed to mention there is I did the, the Gopher Gridiron Radio intro about three times, and then we finally got to the Talk Gopher Buckets one because apparently that's what's ingrained in my head at the moment. And I apologize, Ryan James, not Ryan Burns. Yeah, I mean, after all these years, me and Luke were rolling and Ryan Burns stole Luke away. Now I just have to, you know, I have to pick up Luke's time scraps. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's the way it is. Uh, okay, uh, so Ryan, we haven't talked in a while, largely my fault. I think largely somewhat your fault, too. We're both busy individuals and with families, and then it gets challenging in terms of getting time to record. But I'm excited that we get to sit down and talk some gopher basketball because, as you know, this is one of my this is basically one of my favorite subjects, and I enjoy chatting with you uh, about it um, immensely. So, getting into it, you know, the, the 2021 2022 season is gone, it's behind us. The gophers end up fin- finishing last. There are highs moments, there were low moments. Um, but now we're into roster building phase. Um, a lot has happened. Um, obviously, going even into the 2021-2022 season, you know, you get the likes of a Jamison Battle who appears to be kind of a budding star in the Big Ten. Um, and, and now uh, here we are, the the transfer portal, you know, the, the 2020, uh, yeah, this would be 2022 class will be coming in for the 2022-2023 season. And there's a lot of optimism around that. So maybe just kind of level set us where are we right now kind of in the the roster building phase of the 2022-2023 season well with what you have is 10 scholarship guys and let's not forget walk on will ramberg um because he did play a little bit last year so he did kind of give you a little faith that in an emergency situation he can play but you know they have 10 scholarship guys and we're going to put it into three groups there's the returning players, quote unquote, because Jamison Battle and Trayton Thompson are the returning players. Plus Isaiah Enon and Parker Fox are returning players, but they're coming off injuries they didn't play. Then you have the freshman, um, Braden Carrington, Mr. Basketball in Minnesota, Pharrell Payne, Farrell Payne, who many consider to be the number one prospect in Minnesota's 2022 class, Jaden Henley who many are saying is one of the best sleepers nationally out of California where, you know, there hasn't been as much basketball played for people to go out and see. And then Joshua Joseph, who is a tad bit of a mystery after he left for prep school, just because nobody's really watched him play in those prep school games, but we did see him be the best, most consistent player on D one Minnesota. So that last year, so that is your incoming group. And then you have two monster minute pieces. Now, that's important because last year, you know, everyone was saying there, you know, people say they lose four starters. They four guys that played a lot of minutes and they are correct. But like Talon Cooper and Dawson Garcia, they're going to join Jamison battle and playing most of the game next year. And yes, I think it's a formality with Dawson Garcia gets a waiver. Um, so I almost just count him as a player. So those two, those pieces are huge. Jamison Battle will be a preseason All-Big Ten player, and I wouldn't be surprised if Dawson gets some consideration for that. And then Talon Cooper is going to be handling the basketball for this team. He was seventh in the nation in assists at Moorhead State last year. So that is your 10 guys. So Minnesota was already going to need one more transfer. 
But, like, I think with Abdullah Fium transferring, the only thing it really does is it allows – it says to the Gophers, hey, we don't just need a ball hand, a backup ball handler. We need a backup ball handler who can play both guard spots. So will they get two more guys? I'm going to lean on a 50-50, and I'm going to take that 50-50, go 52-48, that they do get two more guys. But I think really the focus is one, and now with them needing a second ball handler and needing probably more guard depth, I think it could be a combo. We just got to figure out who that guy is. And at this point, you know, there's a lot of Twitter out there that says who they're really looking at. Right now, there's really no name on the horizon. What Now, you know what I'm saying, Luke? It's yeah. not that – although, do you think that their Gophers recruiting board has no names on it? No, there's some names on it, but they're keeping this – they're keeping this kind of hush. Yeah, and, and let's let's just talk about um, let's talk about you know the process of uh, of the, the transfer portal in general, right? Um, this is where they kind of the Gophers really made their hay in 2021, 2022, right? So they get the the Luke Lowys of the world, um, the the Stevens of the world, the Jamison Battles of the world, right? They they got a number of of important pieces that played a lot of big minutes, a lot of seniors, um, it, but the reality of this is like they were able to get, um, they were able to get, uh, um, Talum and also, uh, Garcia, but like, this is a, a was a very senior heavy lineup with coming in a freshman class. It was pretty, you know, obviously a, a freshman heavy class. They have to find a way, Ryan, to to either balance these classes out or correct me if I'm wrong. Does the idea of balancing classes out just not exist anymore? Is that in in this transfer portal era, this NIL era, does that just not matter anymore? Well, to be honest with you, I think the ba- it's not that the balance goes away. No. I think it's just how they get to that balance because these transfers are coming in, taking spots. Commonly you're seeing transfers with experience come in and take players, take the spots of players who were younger. So like you're, you're seeing like, well, Theum, well, they're not going to get another freshman to take his spot. They're going to balance probably this group out because they need more experience. They're going to balance this out and probably take a junior or senior transfer, most likely a senior transfer. So I think you're going to – the big way that they balance this group is getting those four freshmen because you're going to have those mm-hmm. four freshmen and Trayton and Isaiah Enan are sophomores. Okay, let that sink in for a second. Yeah, Isaiah Enan is going to be a sophomore next year even though he's a fourth-year guy. And then Dawson is also going to be a sophomore. Cooper Jr., Fox a junior, um, and in in battle is a junior. So really, there's no seniors, which is kind of wild when you think about it. So that's why, like these next senior, these next, uh, you know, the next guys they get, you kind of want a grad transfer, and then you don't also don't you don't maybe don't want to take three more guys unless they are seniors. Mm-hmm. So because you need so I mean. If they took another junior and then had two seniors and then two scholarships available, that'd be fine because you know somebody can transfer. Somebody always transfers. 
Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a balance there. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's not overlook the fact that when they get a guy like a Dawson Garcia, you know, this was a highly highly touted recruit out of high school, also highly touted in the transfer portal. Um, you you mentioned already that um, he you know he's probably going to get a waiver given given the family health situation that a lot that not allowed him, but that forced him to even move on from North Carolina um, and and leave the program. A, a, a team that you know ended up going to the national championship game right um and and for him he he's still very highly touted was very productive at north carolina obviously very productive at at marquette um this is a guy that's going to be an immediate impact and we're just going to operate under the assumption he gets this waiver how big of an impact can he make ryan oh it's a big impact and and we'll kind of we can there's we can spell out the ways the waiver part luke i just want to say quick Luke Dawson Garcia's very unfortunate situation is the very reason this right. waiver was put together. I mean, he went home in mid January because his family member, his grandmother, you know, that they're very close to was very sick. And another family member is very sick. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Cause I don't really know how much they want. You know, the family wants us like running through that, but what we should run through is the fact that Dawson is a super skilled Six foot eleven, um, front court player that offensively is going to be more of your power forward, and he he he's good with his back to the basket. He's good catch and shoot. He's good with against other against other size with a dribble. He finishes around the cup. There's just there's so much to this kid's game that when he is able to comfortably play, there's it, it's, it, there's so much offensive. You know, there's so the ceiling is there is no it, it's, it's a high ceiling. It's like you, it, it's uh, the type of talent that Minnesota really it's a McDonald's All American talent, and it doesn't happen to come here that often, um, or at least it hasn't in recent years. Probably he's probably the best prospect that we can talk about since Amir Coffee and Daniel Oturu, who are both top fifty players, similar to Dawson. That's the type of talent we're talking about. And that and the good thing about Dawson is. He's versatile, and on the bull, on defensively, he's huge. And like Dawson isn't going to be your warrior battling on front court players as much as Parker Fox will be, but Dawson can also put his size on a Stephen Kroll. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I I have no problem with Dawson Dawson defending a Stephen Kroll. He can put his size on him or a Philippe Rubaca. You know, but then it, it also depends on the matchups. Like. Dawson doesn't have to guard an EJ, EJ Lydell because Parker can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it just depends on the size, but Dawson's size allows you to do those things on both ends. It's a huge get for this team. You can pencil him in for 30 plus and pencil him in for numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about Laron Cooper. Um, you know, the six foot three, 175 pound um, point guard that you already mentioned was what seventh in assists in the nation. Um, this is a guy that you know, a position of of need big time with Peyton Willis moving on. Right. Uh, another transfer portal senior that they were able to get. Um, tell us about Laron Cooper's game and what we can expect him and what kind of void he's going to fill that Peyton's leaving. Well, you know what? I think Talon Cooper is filling a void that we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. And that's a ball movement first point guard that makes everything else comfortable. Now, we have had a few guys that we thought that were going to be that type of player. 
um, in the past, and they didn't quite get to be – they didn't quite become what they, with this team at Hope. But when, when I was watching his games I, that I looked into, I had a West Virginia game, um, I looked at uh, the Murray State game, I think I looked at East Tennessee State game. The positives are this young man has a great change of direction. Um, Talon Cooper does an outstanding job of making a wing early wing entry pass and the right wing entry pass. And it's not just that he's a smart passer and the right passer. He's also got a little wizardry to him. And I like to use wizardry wizardry when I talk about passing because that's kind of how I feel like it is. There's only so many guys that can make certain passes and 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 get and hit guys at the angle like he does. It's it's very impressive to me. And I, I think that's something that this program has been missing for some time now. And you know, he's also better shooter than I thought. He just doesn't look for a shot all that much. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just to get on some numbers for the shooting, you know, for his career, he's a a 36.6% three point shooter, uh, 42% um, from the field and from the free throw line. He's a 68% free throw shooter. The the thing that's interesting to me, just looking at his stats is, you know, when you, when you look at his uh, assists, he went from three, his freshman year, 3.6, his sophomore year, and then, um, no, sorry. I, I totally misspoke there. No, that was right. Three point three point six, and then he jumps up to six assists a game um, in, in his junior year. Obviously, something clicked there, um, it, but his con- his no- his shooting numbers are very consistent throughout that, which is really impressive, at least to me, that he's able to make that jump. And um, I'm excited to see him in Big Ten play. Also, the size always helps. I know that Peyton Willis is a six four point guard. You know, and, and, and Peyton Willis is really a combo guard, but here, you know, a, a, a true six three point guard. You know, a little bit of size six for maybe um you know 190 pounds like this is this is a big this is a big point guard yes good sized very vocal too very vocal um in watching the games i did i would say there's more switching from him um there's good verb good communication on d switching there are going to be some spots where you know based on what i've seen i'm not sure he's got the best lateral quicks but i think some of that will be made up for with verbal communication and intelligence on the defensive end. Um, We'll see how that goes, but yes, big point guard shot the ball. Well, outstanding passer. And that's what this program has really needed. This, it's a different type of point guard than mm-hmm. this team has had. Mm-hmm. Okay, so assuming we, we're assuming there's still going to be some movement, what they have four scholarships left that you got to think that they, they they fill at least two of those maybe this year. I know you you know you have kind of a day job at Gopher Illustrated where you need to keep that behind the paywall, and you know we're going to respect that. Um, but let's look forward uh, towards even 2023 um, in the recruiting there. Um, well, no, let's talk some about the freshmen. We haven't talked about the freshmen um, that are coming in. I mean, we've talked a little bit about Pharrell um, Payne. We've talked a little bit about Braden Carrington. Um, but what, what kind of roles do you think these guys are going to play here in the 2022-2023 season? Well, based on the numbers right now, Braden Carrington and Jaden Henley are going to play big roles on the wing. Um you know, you said at least two. Luke, I'm not fully convinced that they're going to bring in two more players. I think it depends on what that player is. If it's a combo guard, I could see them just rolling with the 11 mm-hmm. and then maybe picking up a senior for depth. But remember, like, one of those two guys has to be a, vet- a veteran willing to willing to play for 12 minutes a game. Well, 
Ryan Larson didn't want to do that. That's why he's going to college at Charleston. You know what I mean? Like Anders Nelson, I'm not, I don't think Anders Nelson was even looked at for the spot, but he's going to William and Mary to be the starting point guard, not to be like a, a backup. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, even like Josiah Strong came in and visited. And I don't know that Minnesota quite with Cooper coming in. I don't know that Minnesota had the full role that he was looking for either. And I understand that. Like, if you're looking, if you if you're looking to make a transfer up, it has to be the right role. It has to be the right fit. So like, you look at when you come back to Braden and Braden Jaden. You know what, Luke? I had no idea. Braden and Jaden. Weird. <laughs> like, you gotta say it all just this, to realize it. Yeah. Yeah. All this time, I always said Carrington and Henley, but like people are looking at Jaden's size and thinking, oh, he's a big wing. He is a big wing, but he's also a guy who's had the ball in his hands a lot. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a point guard, but I think he can be your two at times. Um, and Braden Carrington is obvious. He's, Braden Carrington has been is a shooting guard who has been the starting point guard for the state champions the last, you know, last year, this year's state champions, um, and a starting point guard for Park Center the last two years. He was Mr. Basketball this year, and he was Mr. Basketball for a reason. Because he does so much on the court. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's going to play much point guard for the Gophers next year. Because I think they'll fight bring, bring in somebody else that can also handle. But like his role, he's going to play a role next year. Mm-hmm. And I think the Gophers, I mean, the Gophers are looking at him and Henley playing roles next year. And they have the talent to do so. Because both are versatile players. And then you look at Pharrell. Like, Pharrell Payne is going to walk in here June 5th or whatever. He already he already lifts weights like a beast. He's going to do that at Parker Cottage Grove until he graduates. Then he's going to go to a University of Minnesota weight program and do the same thing June, July, August, and September, and October. Well, that's five more months of this beast working in the weight room. He's going to he's already super strong. He's going to be the strongest guy on this team mm-hmm. before he ever plays a game. It makes me think of John Thomas when he was younger. So. Low post defender, great great work ethic, Pharrell Payne. He's going to bore. He's going to block shots. I mean, is he going to be Daniel Aturo? Is he going to match Daniel Aturo's freshman year stats? Probably not. But is he going to be far off? Probably not. This but, is a top 100 player. But, Ryan, he fills a void that this team last year just sorely lacked, right? Like, I don't, th- yes. I don't think he's like the prototypical center center, right? Um, I think he's more of the modern day basketball center, you know, can step out. But, you know, he, he's going to bring a toughness and, you know, a work ethic to rebound that this team last year sorely lacked. You know, th- this team constructed, if you remove Pharrell Payne, looks like a positionless basketball basketball roster right the the modern college basketball even the modern nba probably looks like but with pharrell Payne, you've got that identity of you know someone that can be big and you know not necessarily like intimidating but you know can can like really bang around and get those boards and be that energy that you need and you know get those buckets when they need them but also step out and shoot the three if needed yeah and i don't i don't know that pharrell I mean, he has a little good. He's got a he's got a decent like elbow jumper, but yeah, I mean, he's gonna be able to bang. And and Luke, I want to mention something about that center position. Like, remember Trayton Thompson went to Trayton Thompson went to uh, um, prep school. He yeah. le- he left at 160 some pounds or 107 like 165 170 pounds. Left at Alexandria. Well, he, he then gained 12 to 15 pounds his first year. 
gained another 12, 15 pounds the next year, came to Minnesota, finished up, you know, this winter at like two, 210, 215. Well, he's going to add 10, 12 more pounds again. Like Trey Thompson's a seven footer who's probably going to be 225 next year. I hope people think about that because it's not like he's gaining 12 to 15 pounds every year. It's not like that's going to stop. Yeah, that's a good point. I, the thing is, is that I just don't see Trayton as anything more than a four. And maybe that's unfair, but like he, his game just doesn't extrude to me like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be inside, you know, um, you know, positionally, defensively, the strength just hasn't been there. And maybe maybe I'll be proved wrong. I really like his game, though, as a four um, in, in especially coming off the bench. It's going to be curious to see his development and maturation. As Trayton gets more comfortable with the high major level defensively, I think he will be just fine defensively at sure. five because he works so hard. He communicates. Um, he is going to add some muscle. I'm not saying he's going to be like the greatest back to the basket player, but he does have a hell of a touch that can face up. He, he does like he can score actively around the basket too. I, I really think Trayton Thompson's going to take a nice step next year. Okay. He just, you know, the guy loves being a gopher. Um, I think at his size, I think he fits the five just – I think he fits the five okay. He just needs to add that weight, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and you know, offensively the five isn't as important. Defensively is where – you know, you when you and I talk about this, positionally – your position is dictated on where you can defend, right? And he struggled, you know, he, he gave fouls, nice, but he just struggled defensively in the post. Um, and, and part of it was just size and experience with high major level. I think he made a great observation there. And it, if he can gain that experience and contribute defending the five, his value skyrockets in this in this Gophers uh, program because he doesn't need to be like a 15-point scorer a game to have a ton of value, right? But if he can give no. you defensively what you need to be able to guard the five, you know, 12 to 22 minutes a game, I'm all in. Hey, and I'll tell you what else. I was thinking about this the other day. What happens when they want a change of pace? They might go to the longest zone you have ever seen with Talon point. Talon Cooper at six four, like Jaden Henley at six seven, Jamison Battle six eight, Dawson Garcia at six eleven, and Jaden Thompson at seven feet. Think of all the length out there in that. Or how about this? Take Trayton off and you throw out uh, Parker Fox. And yeah. the thing about Parker that people I don't think know, this dude. Like you could attach him to a, a, like a utility plant, and that dude will take care of business because he's so busy and so active mm-hmm. and so works so hard. Like you could throw him at the top of a zone and just drive people nuts. So there's there's going to be some things that they can do, and you saw how well they mixed in their defenses last yes. year. You know, you know. So and they probably will have to do some of that again this year. So. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. So let's let's look forward now to the 2023, even maybe 2024 recruiting. We can maybe get into that as well. Um, I know this is you know your bread and butter as well, uh, along with doing the the prep hoop stuff and covering things more nationally as well. Um, but you know some of the local names that people are gonna uh, you know be focused on. We recently saw last night that Chapman got a Kansas offer. You know, so that makes things interesting. Um, Nolan Winter is a big name locally. What are some other names? you know that you're keeping an eye on and monitoring well you mentioned those two we'll come back around there but i got my eyes on Bowden capke from holy family yeah I, I i really like the way he plays 
Um, and offensively, he's so comfortable. He could almost play a four at times with like a Nolan Winter, or he can be, or excuse me, with a Pharrell Payne, or he can be the five and play with Nolan Winter. You know, I, I, he's definitely one that I, I've kept an eye on. Cameron Christie is a guy that Gophers love, and they got in there early, and they have made an impact. They have a very real chance at Cameron Christie, and many don't think he's going to Michigan State, so it's it's pretty open. They are in there with Cam Christie, and I would watch that because I think they have a serious chance. Watch Caden Betts, too. Caden Betts is a kid from Colorado. His, he has family from the Brainerd area. I believe the restaurant the family connected to is Zorba's. Um, they, the, there's a mean, real. You mean the Pizza Z place on the list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one they're connected to. I don't know. I have to do a story with them. So they're coming here in two weeks, and I'm going to talk to them there get a nice interview to get a more better understanding of what exactly it is, but he's visiting Minnesota, you know, before he comes here to play. So we, you know, there's going to be eyes on Caden there and Trent Pierce. Don't forget. Remember he visited this winter. Trent Pierce is at six, eight, six, nine forward from Oklahoma who kind of has that face up game. He's starting to explode right now. Keep an eye on him and what his game is as well. Um, But then, of course, Taysen and Nolan Winter. Yeah, so we got to talk about these two. Um, these are the ones that people are going to eye real closely. Um, you know, Taysen Chapman from Tatino Grace. Uh, can we just call his game smooth? Like, I, I've only yeah. been able to watch him a few times and mostly on television or streams, so I haven't seen him in person personally. But I, I just walk away every time and just going, that kid just has a smooth game. He's just so smooth. Yes, and like... I think it took, you know, he's so smooth and so comfortable. I think it took some people time to fully understand the impact that he brings. But then if you were watching him play Creighton Durham Hall, that explosive second half he had, that it made sense. And then they, he had a game, I think it was against Elk River, where he scored like 21 in a blink. And this, as the year kept going on, like the, even when they beat Park Center, there were some people, like, he only scored five times. Well, yeah, he had eight assists. There's a reason the other guys were so comfortably scoring. And then then you saw the state championship game. Like the state championship game, Taysen Chapman took that game straight up, took straight up, took that game over. First it was delivery. At the end it was delivery because he got those two passes to Johnny Lee, but he also scored three times down the stretch. And he's been playing really well with D1 Minnesota in, in April. Although, you know, we all saw the that they lost to Jay Sizzle, which is Jalen Suggs's grassroots sizzle AU program in Adidas. They did lose that game, but that game notwithstanding, Taysen Chapman's had a really good spring. And as you said, Kansas just offered. Um, hey, I just got, you know, what's funny. I just got a note. Xavier code coach, Sean Miller, Virginia head coach, Tony Bennett will be at Tatino Grace tonight. So <laughs> yeah, like, He's blowing up, dude. And but with that Kansas offer is going to bring eyes. But the thing about that Kansas offer is NIL. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's no secret that everybody in Kansas is making that has scholarships making six figures. Yeah. So it's so that, I mean that's that's the deal. I mean, yeah. and, 
it, it's going to be so, interesting to see how this NIL stuff shakes out. Um, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't I, I still kind of found it funny? Isn't Kansas still actively under investigation for infractions, right? Like, in, and they haven't gotten like their penalty. Who knows what it might be? I might be incorrect on this, but it's hard to keep track of because these investigations last absolutely forever. I don't know. I take the NCAA investigations about as seriously as I would take. <laughs> you know, you watch those Wild West movies and the sheriff just gives up his badge and gives it to somebody else. And then they say, you're under arrest. No, you're under arrest. And they, they just kind of shoot at each other and just move on. Yeah. Like, oh, you're in jail. What am I in jail for? Well, you shot that guy. Well, that guy shot that guy. Well, that guy shot that guy under this and you didn't shoot. Dude, this, that rule, I don't, come on. Like these days, the NCAA, Kansas ain't going. Nothing going to happen to Kansas. Yeah. Good Lord. I mean, we like, saw what happened with North Carolina, right? Like that—that that was about as egregious academic fraud as happened at the University of Minnesota. And people might say that's absolutely crazy, but like that's—that's that's about the same. You've just structured it such that like the 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 systematic integrity is completely lost at the university, right? It wasn't the fact that it wasn't the fact that like a coach was paying off someone a tutor. It was literally that like the, the institution was allowing these phony classes to go that's almost worse in my opinion because of the the systematic integrity is completely lost at an accredited university but you know notwithstanding uh they basically got a slap in the wrist and nothing so you know largely what happened in kansas probably nothing as well given the blue blood nature well i'm gonna luke i'm gonna put this into a word problem for you you know when you were a kid you had the math you had like we had math assignments and they'd be like yeah you know, different types of math problems. And at the bottom, you get the word problem with the star off to the side. And you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. Well, here's my here's my word problem for you. North Carolina had had, had how many students in their basketball program affected? I'm going to start this over. How many more players did the North Carolina academic ridiculousness affect that in the Minnesota academic ridiculous, I'm probably ridiculousness. I think it's basically probably exponentially different. You know, Minnesota yeah. was probably like single digits to maybe low double digits, like conceivably. Right. And then Nebraska or not Nebraska. I'm sorry. North Carolina was probably on the order of hundreds, you know, we're orders yeah. of magnitude different. So, and what happened to North Carolina? Nothing. They just keep getting the, and now they have an AL to back things up and they just keep moving forward. They've won national titles. Uh, Minnesota, we bring up, if anybody even says, Hey, put the banner back. You got like academic scholars, like, they're just like, no, you know, like yes. Bobby Jackson, he should be up in the Raptors. No, you know, it is, it's ridiculous. You can't even like say Clem Haskins without some people acting like he was the crypt keeper of some sorts. Like, come on guys. Like, uh, I mean, is cheating good? No, it's not. But I, I mean, I think you can all tell now, like, I mean, I mean, <laughs> the genie's out of the bottle. The, the <laughs> Gophers weren't the only one cheating. It was just everybody else was cheating. The Gophers were the only ones that got caught. So, Well, here's my thing about that, though. Like, the guys that cheated deserve to get in trouble, and the Minnesota deserve to get in trouble for it. Yeah. But I'm, the amount of people... The amount of people that actually got actually did something wrong was so few compared to North Carolina just being like, all right, everybody, show up at this class. You know, what a joke. Yeah, well, it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was like also just like, can you staple 10 pieces of paper together? Okay, thank you. Great. Like, 
Jeez. Okay. Okay. We're just ranting now at this point. Um, but yeah, it's a good rant though. Luke. <laughs> it was a good rant. And my, and mind you, like if in the fi- same '97 Final Four, North Carolina was in the other game, losing yeah. to Arizona. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but let's get back to so uh, you know Chapman NIL is going to be involved. NIL is going to be a story around basketball and you know college recruiting in general. I I have stated my opinion elsewhere, but I think that this market is going to change a ton over the next five to seven years. Um, the the craziness that exists now is in large part due to you know the market. N- you know, legally not existing previously and, you know, how that's going to shape. And, you know, I, I interface with a decent amount of investors and they want a return on their investment. So I, I'm curious to see how this shape shapes out over time. Um, Ryan, as you're, you're maybe aware, there is an active um, group that is working to form some sort of collective. If you want to participate in that in any way, shape or form, feel free to send me a DM uh, Luke Buer, L U K E B U E R on Twitter. Um, I can connect you into the, the discord there. Um, the, you know, there is a group here in Minnesota that's working towards that. It may not be the massive numbers that you're seeing elsewhere, but there we're actively working towards something to make some sort of difference um, at, in making sure that, you know, the p- players have a, an avenue to monetize their name, image, and likeness as they should have been able to do all along, but glad to see that it's happening and it's going to mature over the next five to seven years. So if you want to get involved and contribute in some way, reach out to me directly. I'll get you involved. Um Hey, 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 man, the, the Gopher fans, you hear that? Like, <laughs> l- do direct message on Twitter, Luke Buer. Like, direct message him. The Luke Buer is going to get Gophers paid. <laughs> I'm not going to get no. Gophers paid, but I, I don't have <laughs> enough time. But um, No, he doesn't. He doesn't even have enough time to, <laughs> to connect with us over the phone for this. But, no, he, he somebody's out there trying to help this yeah. along. And somebody, somebody needs to. I mean, this is the way the thing is going these days, like, I mean, okay, what did Nigel Pack get for from Miami? Yeah, it was something they they claim it was like eight hundred K. And okay. Whatever whatever he got got, he had an agent that went with went through that, right? I mean, I would assume so. Whether whether it's actually following the rules of NIL, I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm assuming it's it probably went through an agent because I'm not sure that uh, uh, that a college student's gonna like be able to oh, this is very this is making a lot of assumptions. I'm I'm not certain that they're reviewing those contracts on their own. Well, I'll tell you this: the guy who is at South Dakota State, who's put his name in the portal, Baylor, whatever his last name is, he, he's going to get a similar. He, he's on the exact same track. Yeah, because whomever is helping helped out, not that guy, you go to Miami. This mm-hmm. dude's on the is the guy getting the same help, and this dude ain't going anywhere unless he's getting paid just as well. Yeah. So it's the nature of the business right now. You know, I mean, a South Dakota State Jackrabbit, their best player, can now step forward and be like, all right, I'm going to get 400 grand. Yeah. I'm going to get 500 grand. I'm going to get a half a mil to play a year or two of basketball. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to see guys like Trace Jackson Davis. I don't know if it's been announced. I don't know if he's doing it for sure, but isn't he most likely to come back because he can get paid more in Indiana than he probably can overseas. Yeah. I think, I think it's conceivable that that probably could happen. I think that though, that like, you got to understand where is this money coming from? And I think people will place their bets now, but like, Long term, how are they going to be like, hey, I just paid, you know, half a million for Trace Jackson Davis to come back. You know, 
did I get that return on the investment that I wanted? Maybe, maybe not. And I, maybe it's the fact that I just don't have that kind of money to throw at people um, for my favorite basketball team. But generally speaking, I just I don't believe that the amount we're seeing now is going to is going to sustain over the next five to seven years. You can probably tell me that they've been exchanging this kind of money in, you know, in McDonald's, in, in McDonald's bags for the last 15 years, but I just have a hard time believing that it can sustain at this level that long. I really don't believe it was McDonald's bags, Luke. I think it was more like a duffel bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm going to guess it was more like a, like a nineties gym bag. Yeah. But like, you know, well, here's my thing. And yes, are we all looking at the NCAA over the years thinking, what the hell? But, I mean, Luke, who runs the NCAA? Like, guys who are just, like, mafia dudes who are just, like, trying to collect? Or, I mean, but there are probably people in there that are business people trying to probably make the best decisions for their business. I'm going to go with the second one. And I know and nobody wants to hear this, but, like, the NCAA has probably been worried about this for years because they knew damn well that, like, once college college sports goes down this road, no it's going to lead to a bunch. There's no coming back, and it's going to lead to changes. Yeah, like there's not going to be college football is not going to have 135 Division One teams pretty soon. It's yeah. going to have to break apart. It has to. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It might break away in parts that people don't want it to break apart in. Mm-hmm. You know, and like what else? Like transfers. The transfers that are freely going around. Is it right that they get to the transfer? It sure is. But at the same time, like. Is that what's best for the fans that pay these bills? Yeah. And then when you start talking about NIL, some schools can't keep up. And again, is that going to be, is that sustainable? I have a very, very, very big concern that the transfer portal, which is best for players, and the NIL, which is best for players, is going to lose, is going to come back around and lose interest in the games. And because when you really think about it, is attendance down everywhere for football and basketball in college? Yes. I think that's going to get higher across the board with with kids getting paid only at certain spots and transfers leaving and coming all the time. That's not that's not going to like, that's not sustainable for like interest. Now, yeah, I am not saying it's going to die off and all of us are going to be watching, no. you know, like TikTok TV, you know, yeah. but like. In, in the long run, though, there's going to be programs that suffer, and there's and the amount, total amount in the long run is going to suffer. And I think the NCAA knew that, and that's why they some of this they tried to fight it, but there is no fighting the fact that like people were capitalizing off on the players. They just were. Mm-hmm. Players shouldn't should be able to transfer. There shouldn't be rules against that. But at the same time, those rules are there to try to support the, what was working for college sports in the. You know, with the fans coming, yeah, I worry that ten years and twelve years from now, fans won't have the same interest. There, there maybe could be some of that. I think, though, the the fact that the, the only real difference is now that it's above the table. A lot of times, people didn't know, yeah. right? And and a lot of stuff was that happening. is true. That like it it was happening, but it just like people don't know. And then they have this perception that it's like, well, the, I'm not going to be into this because this is happening, and I don't think this should happen. It's like. But it was happening all along, and you didn't have it. Uh, just think about your experience in going. Let's use go for football as an example. You go to a go for football game. You tailgate. You have fun with your friends. You go into the stadium. You have you 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 scream about the game, win, lose, or draw. Right. You don't care at all what they got paid during that experience. At least I don't. Maybe I'm the only one on the face of the earth. But I never think about like, did a player get paid? Did they not get paid? Like. 
It, it's the moment and the experience that matters. I don't think that's going to go away. Is it shrinking? Yes. I think that's in large part due to TV, a lot of different factors there. But yes, I, I think that it might shrink a little bit. Um, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, the TV the TV deals that these conferences can get are just way too big, Ryan. I just don't think it's oh, they go are away huge. In general. Like there, it's just it's not going to go away. Um, and Minnesota is well positioned, you know, to for success there. Maybe not in the NIL space right now, but I do think that Minnesota is still well positioned because of the TV money, and that's what matters probably more than anything um, at this juncture. Um, so, and, and, and the other thing that I'll say just in general about, uh, about the whole NIL and the whole transfer portal and whatnot situation, I think the idea of building a program is dead. I think that that doesn't exist anymore as you knew it as like, you're not going to have the relationship that you had with like, think back to the the days of like a JJ Redick, right? He stayed all four years. Like that's been dead with the one and done. Um, the idea of one and done and as well with people transferring, like this idea that you, you had a player that stayed all four years, et cetera. Like those days are probably gone. So it's going to be more transactional. It doesn't mean that you're going to dis you're going to have less interest. Maybe Maybe some people will, but I think that at the end of the day, you know, you're building a roster for one year and you're not building a roster for, you know, the, for basically, you know, four years at a time, right? Your windows of like, okay, we're going to go down and then we're going to go up. Um, and then we're gonna go back down and we're gonna go back up kind of how Purdue has done it over the last few years. They've been more successful than that. I'm not trying to diminish their success, but they have been where they were last in the conference to first in the conference in a matter of a number of years. I think that idea of a program, that kind of, that kind of thing is maybe more or less dead with the with the with the transfer portal and also nil yeah no i think you're right you make a good argument like that's the counter of it you know what i'm saying like the tv money is huge and we all watch the games on tv and there's another part of it too like some of us have learned that like once the game is over that the life moves on and we still will always enjoy the games but then we, the passion is like okay we put it on hold for a second because guess what if they go for his loss of football game, doesn't mean you still can't go grill out and have a good time with your family. Like you have that. And also you are dead right on the fact that things have been happening in the past. Like yeah. take university of Minnesota in this area, for example, there's a guy and I'm just going to put this huge window out there. So nobody can pinpoint it. There's a guy who many thought would be a gopher in the last 50 years. And like it was thought he was going to be a gopher. And then all of a sudden, $90,000 came his way. And so did a nice big SUV. Yeah. Like, well, he was no longer going to be a gopher. Yeah. You know, because the gophers can't don't, don't do that. You know, there was another go. There was another guy in the last 55 years who like, I'm going to say this. I don't know that Minnesota was like, people don't, don't think that Minnesota has always been the squeaky cleanest of every coach that's ever been here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that there was certain situations where there was like, oh, I wonder if we should do this. Well, guess what? When the other program is going to offer 250 grand, you can't win that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, there was another player in the last 65 years. Like, they looked into him and they're like, well, Christ, we're not paying for every visit time he comes for a visit. So they just were like, fuck it. Oh, sorry, Luke. <laughs> we might have to hit the button on there yeah um so but yeah like this stuff has always been going on you know shoot it is what it is yeah so it is on the surface and maybe that is better i just i still wonder if what those dwindling numbers will look like but maybe they are watching on tv because luke i don't 
I don't like going to NFL games unless I have an amazing seat because why, why you got, you got NFL is so fun monitoring all the games and fantasy and watching the announcers and the camera views. Like, why do I want to go sit in sex of 312? Right. And and the thing is, is like, there's a difference between the NFL and the difference between college football is the way you experience a game. Like I know you, I've, I've seen you go for football games. Like one experiences the game the game is just a part of the experience, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you can do that in pro football. I've never found it. And I, and I, I, but part of it is I don't seek it out. Right. But the same is somewhat true of college basketball, right. Um, versus the NBA, like the NBA is kind of this whole corporate experience. I lo- I've learned to love the style of NBA play, um, in time, right. It's, it's taken me the better part of 10 years to really warm up to it. Um, and I, and I think the progression of the NBA is totally fun. It's really fun to watch. Um, but like the way you interact with the NBA is so corporate. It's, it's not, it's not my favorite. I still like to watch it on TV. I love the feeling of college basketball. I love the bands being there. I know they've brought in DJs and all that and stuff, but I, I just love that experience more than I do the NBA in general. And I also like there are fewer games. They feel more important. The regular season matters because, you know, like the, yeah, the regular season matters, but like the tournaments are really what make college basketball and you can't replicate that. The NBA is already talking about trying to potentially. And frankly speaking, I'd, I'd be all for that, but I, I just think that they're, they're different entities and I just gravitate more towards the college game in general. And I, and I just like it. You know, the mid-season tournament, I would love – you know how soccer does, like, the U.S. Yes. Cup? Yep. Yeah, I would love to see a mid-season NBA tournament. I think that would be so freaking fun. Yes. I think that'd be great. Yeah. You I'm, know, so, I'm all, yeah. I'm all for that. And, that. and a lot of people, they, like, they hate they hate the play-in tournament. I love it. I love the play-in tournament oh, me in too. the NBA. Like, yeah, I do, too. I, I love that. I think that the way that they've innovated there, it's great. Um, okay, but we get, we're we supposed to talk about gopher basketball. We we went on a deep tangent, but I think it was good. I What I guess I, I want to know now is, you know, we forever talked about our frustrations with the effort that was put in locally and into recruiting. And let's let's just say they're not going to win all of them, right? That's just not the reality of the situation. Not all your friends went to school in Minnesota, right? Um, not all my friends went to school in Minnesota. People want different experiences. Maybe they want NIL money. Who knows, right? But the reality is, like, we know that the staff is putting in the effort. And I think that we're seeing some of the dividends pay already faster than I would have ever imagined. Ryan. You, you are correct. Although I'm still hung up on not all your friends went to Minnesota. No, look, I got news. For, I got news for you. <laughs> like if you look at all my best friends on the planet, like a huge sampling of them went to the <laughs> university of Minnesota. Like, they, they have tons of them. And when I look at my friends from my hometown, yeah. like they may have not went to Minnesota, but some of the Winona State, Winona State University of Minnesota. Right. Um, one of them, one of them did go to college, and the other went to Concordia St. Paul. Yeah. Then I look at my friends from the other other walk of life. Well, let's see. I met one of them at the University of Minnesota. Oh shoot! Oh, three of them played football <laughs> at the University of Minnesota. Three of my best friends played basketball in Minnesota. Yeah. My wife went to the University of Minnesota. My cousin went to the University of Minnesota. Yeah, okay, like, I get right. it. I'm the weirdo. Yeah. I get it. I'm the weirdo. You, you, like I, not everybody has friends that went out of the state. I can tell you that much. But then again, I'm from 
I, I'm from a corner of Austin where my best friends, between the six of us, our little group of friends, we had to combine two uh, college educations from our parents, and yeah. those two college educations were teachers. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, but yeah, but I mean, they're putting the effort, right? Like, the Gopher staff's putting the effort. We know Ben... I don't think it's any secret now that, that Ben was really the reason that Richard Patino had success recruiting Minnesota. Um, and, and I think, I think I walked away from the season, Ryan, and I, I know that we haven't talked about this. I was, I, I told, I remember talking with you and texting you like, why don't they give Ben Johnson a chance? Right. And now they did. And then I was kind of like second guessing myself was, did I really believe that? And watching this season, I was like, no, this was right. He deserved this chance. Like it, X's and O's wise, you can see it. The way that the guys competed and the way they got after it, they they are playing. They, they didn't have all the pieces, but you can see that they're trying to play a more modern Big Ten play in, in the comeback, and rightfully so, it can be like, but Luke, they ran the flex this year. Yeah, they ran the flex to muck it up Dude, because they didn't. I got no problem with that. No, no, I know, but they ran the flex to muck it up because they they couldn't they couldn't manufacture because they didn't have they just didn't have the players. But the way they spaced the floor. Like they are trying to play more modern basketball um, that's going to appeal to more players, right? Like I, I fully believe that that they get it. Um, I think that Ben is Ben is really into basketball. Like I'm not saying that Richard Pitino wasn't, but I think Ben's the kind of guy that's like probably staying up watching every last NBA game and probably trying to catch some Euro games to try pick stuff up, right? I don't know Ben at all, but I kind of get that feeling just watching some of the sets they were able to develop. Some some of the schemes they're trying to do, like the way they were switching defenses, it's very tactical, and I love it. Well, I can tell you this: he's probably not worried about his country club membership. If you know, if that's, <laughs> that's what you're looking at, um, no. Like the, the the biggest thing I take from this group, it's not just the fact that, like, it's not just the fact that their recruiting efforts are strong. You got to look at how many guys that are really talented that they were the first or second to offer. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden, other schools are big on. Like, I'm going to look at that Stoyakovich, Stoyakovich, Peja Stoyakovich's son. Like, he's got Kentucky and Kansas on him now. But guess what? The Gophers are one of the first two teams to offer, if not the first. Yeah. You know, like, dude, I'm going to tell you this. Watch this closely. Tony Bennett at Virginia, the amount of times that guy, he's gone after guys that the this Gopher staff initially went after, it's crazy. He's coming here today. And now, and I'm not. Taysom's not the best example, but dude, Virginia it continues to like pounce on everything the Gophers seem to be in on early. I don't know how that's happening, but it sure, it sure as heck is happening. And like, that's the thing; they are finding guys early, and their efforts are strong. And that's, dude, we have been begging for that for so friggin' long. Yeah, like. Just put the damn effort in and develop a relationship. If you don't get it, then you don't get it. But if you're not putting in a relationship, a.k.a. texting somebody their first offer and never talking to them or having them a future McDonald's All-American at your at your game as a sophomore and not watching him play until yeah. his first 17U season or 16U game of his career, like that stuff is just pathetic. And that is what has been happening here. And it, I'm not just talking about Patino, although you don't have to be a – you don't have to freaking have Morse code to figure out that that's what I was talking about. But like, or, but like Tubby Smith didn't really do it either after the first couple of years. The effort just wasn't there. Yeah. But now put in the effort. It's not, if they lose battles recruiting wise, it's not effort wise. 
It's not relationship wise. It's going to be about other things. Yeah, and they're going to win some because of that too. And like, I, I think back to, um, I think back to like what I think the guy's name was Zaire Ziegler, the the guy that ended up going to Tennessee. Yeah. Did I get the name right? I, I don't know. I think I think it was, but he was the point guard. You know, the Gophers were in on him. It looked like they had a chance. You know, he is from I think the state of Tennessee. He ended up going to Tennessee. They lose out on him. And I remember watching them a couple of times and texting you and just being like. Oh man, they were right on him. They were so right on him. And imagine if he was on this team and you could play Peyton Willis at the two and you know you you could you know you could have a little bit more depth. Like they were absolutely right on him and he was an X factor for Tennessee and what they were able to do this year. Like you're right. They're putting in the work, they're identifying guys. You just hope that they're gonna hit a couple of these not diamond in the roughs, but you know, a couple of these guys that are just gonna be big X factors and play big roles for them. Well, what about Desmond Claude, that dude, that, oh, that yeah. big – Gophers with the first offer. Where'd he go? Oh. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Virginia. Yeah, I can't you know, like, remember. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's, it was Virginia. Yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, you're that's, right. That, that's another example of just – like Trent, you know, I don't think they were the first to offer Trent Pierce, but they're in on Trent Pierce early. Like, they brought Isaac Azuma down from Cherry, Minnesota, or Cherry yeah. Township, I should say. And got his family in here, and they offered him a scholarship. They were the first people to offer Nolan Winter, um, and and it's just that's the thing. That's what that's what this. They were the first to offer Bowden Capke with the high major yeah. level. Like that's what this staff does. Yeah. If and I should mention too, like if if you're a Gopher football fan and you're and you're not going to the goal line club tailgates and you want to see basketball recruits, like. Almost every single one goes through the goal line club tailgate. So in there, and you can see, and they're meeting with the staff, and you can see like whoever the liaison person is bringing them back, and they're like showing them. If you want to see go for basketball recruits, just go to the goal line club tailgate. All those, all those folks are coming in on go for football games, you know, and that's how you can see all these guys coming in. The kid from Bloomington oh. Jefferson, I saw him like two or three times at like football games coming in to meet with the staff. Like you know, there there are tons of there are tons of these guys coming in, you know, and they're just getting a bunch of guys on campus. They're putting in the work, like you said. So Luke, are you saying that the few football games I go to each year and the, the four hours I have like to hang out with my friends and all that stuff, <laughs> I need to walk over to this glorious, amazing goal line tailgate club thing. I, am I supposed to do that? No, I'm just going to text you. I'll just, oh, I'll, I, I should get I'll you. I'll text you next next time. I, I, I usually don't bother because I, I know that you're busy and you, you rarely get opportunities to hang out with your friends, so I just don't want to interrupt, right? And I'm also kind of oh, like slightly, I'm slightly offended that I didn't get an invite to your tailgate, it, like if I'm really honest here. But I'm just saying, like, I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in on like Sunday after the game. Are you 2.30 or more? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even close to two thirty. So. Right, well, I don't. I think the check-in at the door is two thirty. So <laughs> I don't think I. I, I just got to wait till you get two thirty. Then you're in. Okay. All right. Thanks. I'll, I'll wait for my invite. Uh, okay, Ryan. This is this is a blast to chat. Um, I'm I'm gonna try to do this more often. Um, and I know that you're really busy, and this is your really busy time of the year. Um, but again, if if people aren't check out Ryan's work on Gopher Illustrated, it's top notch. It's like. Uh, don't tell Ryan Burns this, but you're the reason that I go on that website. So, um, because I can't keep track of all the football recruits, there's way too many. I don't know how Ryan Burns does that, but yeah, it, it's it's been really fun. And, and and maybe just maybe just highlight a couple things that people can look out for here coming, not necessarily in Gopher Illustrated, but events that might be locally if they want to see some guys play live. Well, I'll tell you what, the battle at the lakes, D1 Minnesota with Taysen Chapman and Bowden Kapke. 
they're playing. This is in two weekends, by the way. I'm at Wyzetta High School. Isaac Izuma and Grayson Grove from Annandale. Watch that name. He's on the come up as well. They're there. Caden Betts from Colorado will be visiting um, sometime before or after the weekend. He'll be there. That's that's an event you'll want to see to check out players for sure. And, like, you know, and, and it, was, I mean, it makes me happy. We have a local event, so I don't have to travel. Like, tomorrow morning I go to Phoenix. And I've been to Indy and Kansas City and Steel Beach, California, by the way. I was I loved that, by the way. Yeah. I hadn't done that in my life. That was good. So, nice. Yeah, that's what, that's what we're doing with Prep Hoops. So we also, you know, it kind of ties in with what we do gopher-wise. So, And also on Gopher Illustrator, you know, keep an eye. The, the Gophers are, like, they're again, their recruiting board in their room doesn't have nobody. Just because we're kind of sitting here at the Gopher Illustrator kind of thinking, what's their next turn? What are they going to do next? Well, part of the reason we don't know is they don't want us to know. You know what I mean? Like they want, they're trying to keep this from the Virginias of the world. They don't steal their future before they have a relationship out there. You know, so like there is going to be some names. You know, Nolan Winter just visited yesterday. Yes, I'm going to say that again. I didn't put that out on Twitter. It was on Gopher Illustrated. I didn't put it on Twitter, but I'm not going to put it on Twitter. But like Nolan Winter visited Minnesota again yesterday. So, you know, is something going to happen there? Who knows? You know, like there's a lot of things are moving, man. The staff has always got things going. And, yes, there's going to be more transfers coming up sometime soon. There's got to be at least one. So keep an eye out. All right. Well, it was, it was fun, Ryan. Um, we're on appreciate, or we appreciate everybody who listened, and I apologize that it didn't happen sooner. I think Ryan apologizes as well. We're we're going to try to do this more often. We always enjoy chatting, um, but it always ends up being like fifty five minutes, like this is. So um, yeah, it, we're not we're not quick, are we? <laughs> we're not quick at all. So again, thanks for listening, and go Gophers. Yes, sir.